Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode number 49. Do you need to be alone? How many friends do you have? How many kinds of friends are there? Aristotle devoted lots of time and attention to studying friends and friendship. He believed that in life, friends are crucial to living well and doing well. But only the right kind of friends, not all friends. You need to understand the true nature of friends to be able to handle yourself and manage friendship well. So Aristotle described three categories of friends. One is the pleasure friend. In your life, you will have many pleasure friends. You enjoy restaurants together. You attend concerts together. You play chess together. You golf together. You watch movies together. You get your nails done together. Your relationship with your pleasure friend exists only for the sake of pleasure seeking in some form. So if you take away the pleasurable reason why you get together, you wouldn't bother to get together anymore. Your friendship would have no reason for being. And end. You are only friends because you enjoy pursuing the same pleasures. And it's more enjoyable to do that with someone else than to do that alone. You get a lot out of being together, but you don't care about each other for who you truly are, for your character and virtues, and for your wisdom and experience. You care about each other only for the pleasure you experience from doing things together. Pleasure friends are everywhere said Aristotle. Close your eyes, throw a brick out the window, and you will hit one. 
But when Jesus got into trouble and he tried to lean on his pleasure friends for help and support, they just ran away. Even his best buddy Peter denied three times that he and Jesus were ever friends. There is also the useful friend. Your friendship exists for a clearly defined purpose. You work together toward the same specific goal. You play on the same football team. You're a colleague in the same work group. You're a member of the same political party. You serve on the same corporate board. You accomplish something specific together. You win something together. You make money together. You succeed at something together. Your friendship exists only for the sake of the accomplishment. Your relationship with your useful friend has an aim. It has a purpose. It is centered on a goal. Once the goal is achieved or removed in another way, then you wouldn't bother to get together again. Your friendship would have no reason for being and end. You don't care about each other except as a means to an end. You care only for the accomplishment you achieve from being with each other. You care only for what you can get out of being together. Useful friends care about each other, not for who they truly are, but only as a means to fulfill the goal or purpose of their relationship. Useful friends are commonplace, but once you make the money, win the game, sell the company, join the club, film the movie, or sign the contract, then the job is done and your useful friendship is pointless and unnecessary. And then there is Aristotle's true friendship. In your life, you will have very few true friends. They are very special and very difficult to find. If you have five true friends in your lifetime, you are very lucky. True friends are your soulmates. Aristotle describes a true friend as your other half or your other self. This is a complete or whole friendship. A true friend cares about the other person as a whole person, not as a source, not as a means to an end, but as a unique individual. Each person desires good things for his or her friend, for no reason or purpose. True friends want the best for each other, 
simply for the sake of their friendship as an end in itself. Aristotle's true friendship is based on love, not goal-setting or pleasure-seeking. This kind of relationship only happens if both friends possess good and noble character and strive to live an authentic and virtuous life. Both of you must be able to see yourself and each other as you truly are and value your friendship for what it truly is without manufactured illusions. You cannot have true friendship if the relationship is out of balance and unequal. You must have mutual love, mutual respect, and mutual compassion. In other words, you must be equal in virtue. Parents and children, employers and employees, teachers and students, and even many husbands and wives are unequal in power and cannot have this kind of relationship. True friends look at, not up to, the other. True friends are rare. We treasure them and we hold on to them for a lifetime. True friends are the trophies we earn for a virtuous life. Pleasure friends and useful friends are as common as mud on a pig. We are happy to get rid of them whenever someone better comes along. But true friends have their names written in our hearts, never to be effaced. Now, what are we to do with Aristotle? Do you know yourself? Who are you? You don't know who you are. You know only who you were told you are. If ever you are to become your authentic self, you need to discover who you truly are. There are two paths to self-knowledge. Aristotle sees your true friend as your other self. You see yourself in your true friend. True friendships teach you a lot about yourself. But most people never find even one true friend in a lifetime. So the only other way to explore and understand yourself is to learn solitude. You must learn to be alone and you will find yourself in solitude. Aristotle said, find yourself in the company 
of a true friend or in solitude. Freedom exists only in solitude. If you do not love solitude, then you do not love freedom. You are free to be entirely yourself only as long as you are alone. Only alone are you free to find and experience your true self. In the company of pleasure friends and useful friends, you are an actor. In all but one social relationship, you are an actor playing a role as husband, wife, son, daughter, father, mother, colleague, neighbor, and on and on. Learn to enjoy your own company and you will find your real self behind the person you play at being, behind the mask. Begin by prioritizing the time you allocate to yourself to be alone. Spend enough time with yourself just as if you are your own true friend. You will find your true self, not on stage, not in the company of other people, but away from other people's rules and expectations. You will find yourself not as a social being, but as an individual. Schopenhauer said, Man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. In life, you do many things automatically, without choosing and without decision-making. You dress, work, eat, play, sleep, dream, pray. You laugh, you weep, you smile, you feel happy, you feel lonely, you feel bored, you feel afraid. You do all of these things unthinkingly and unreflectingly, as if an invisible, unseen force drives and controls your behavior. In many real-life situations, rule-following and role-playing takes over your actions and emotions and thoughts like an all-powerful will. Freedom feels almost impossible and self-knowledge seems out of reach. But you have the power to walk away. Self-knowledge is impossible without freedom, and freedom is possible only in solitude. Entrances to solitude are everywhere if you look for them.
You are not born an empty glass needing to be filled. Camus said, you will never live if you are looking for the meaning of life. The meaning of life, your life, is whatever you choose and whatever you decide it should be. You have the power to create your own life just as an architect designs a house or an engineer constructs a bridge. You can redefine your life's meaning from what you've been told it ought to be to what you want it to be. The meaning of your life can be different from the meaning of every other person's life if you dare to choose. And at any moment, you possess the freedom to stop the process of self-creation and start over. Think of yourself as a project. You are in the process of finding yourself. You are in the process of learning to be true to yourself. You are becoming. Learn to love the process, not the purpose. Just like Sisyphus, love pushing, love striving, love living. Love solitude. Live alone, travel alone, work alone. Meditate on your life to get it right. Find time to be alone. Wake up earlier. Stay awake later. Bukowski said, Find what you love and let it kill you. Choose love. Love is your only duty in life. If love conflicts with your job or your relationships, choose love. If love clashes with tradition or morality, choose love. If love leads you away from other people's acceptance and approval, go all the way. Always choose love. Camus said, nothing in life is worth turning your back on if you love it. Be a loner. A loner doesn't want or need to be popular. Loners don't desire acceptance, and loners don't need the approval of others. Loners are born alone, live alone, and perish alone. Loners are better listeners because they prefer not to talk about themselves. Loners possess personal clarity and complete self-knowledge and self-awareness. Loners value time. The clock ticks one way. Life is not too short, but too wasted. 
Loners value relationships. One true friend is more valuable than a thousand pleasure or useful friends. Loners are compassionate. No one is perfect. Everyone has a shadow. Loners are fearless. Self-knowledge requires facing your own weaknesses and failings with honesty and determination. And this requires humility and courage. A loner needs no one. He doesn't ask for help, but when you have no one to lean on, you lean on him. And you don't need to look behind you to see if he has your back. You know damn well he does. Henry David Thoreau was a loner. He said, The price of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. Don't fit in? That's a good thing. Other people's expectations are a prison. Conformity achieves nothing. Choose solitude and stop caring about other people's opinions. You won't have to worry if other people don't like you. It won't make you change who you are. You won't do things that you don't want to do. You will do what you want without asking for permission and without guilt. You won't need to worry about finding something to say. You won't need to lie. You won't need to embellish or exaggerate who you are. You won't need to worry about missing out or being left behind. You will have time to think and wonder. You won't have to worry about what is normal. You won't have to worry about whether it's normal to like being alone. The most important relationship you will ever have is with yourself. And whether or not it is clear to you, you are your own true friend. So be gentle with yourself. Hermits are everywhere. People choose to live in seclusion for many good reasons. In solitude, you are able to reflect on yourself and meditate on the world from a distance. Self-knowledge is difficult and self-transformation is even more difficult. The self is a tangle of fleeting thoughts and conflicting emotions. Untangling yourself is achieved only in solitude. Society, almost from the moment of birth, injects your mind with the beliefs and expectations of other people. You come to believe that you will lack importance 
and cease to exist in the lives of others if you think for yourself and dare to question the roles and rules that you've been told define you. Disconnect. Detach yourself. Examine these unquestioned roles. Examine these taken-for-granted rules. The ideas and opinions of the majority have never been a guarantee of truth or happiness. Once, the majority believed that the sun orbits the earth. You don't know who you are. You know only who you were told you are. Find yourself. Who are you before you were told who you are? The Buddha said, A man's life is the direct result of his thoughts. We are what we think. With our thoughts, we make the world. That world is not just what is happening outside you, but what is happening inside you. The majority of people fear solitude. They are afraid of self-knowledge. They are afraid of the face behind the mask. So they run away. Seneca was a Roman and a great Stoic philosopher. Seneca said that the person you are matters more than anywhere you live and anywhere you go. If you don't know who you are and what you want, it doesn't matter where you are. Seneca said, you take yourself wherever you go. You run away with yourself. Your questions follow you wherever you go. Seneca said, you need to alter your mind, not the sky above you. Begin with the person you are and the questions you have. The answers won't find you. You must find the answers. Answer the questions within yourself first. All the questions and all the answers are inside you, just waiting to be discovered in solitude. Einstein described the paradox of wisdom. The more you learn, the more you are exposed to what you don't know. We tend to forget that reality is not just what is surrounding us, but what is inside compelling us. Compared to what is inside you, the outside world 
doesn't matter. Clark Kent looked inside himself and found Superman. Siddhartha looked inside himself and found the Buddha. Jesus looked inside himself and found God. You are so much more than you think you are. You are not empty. You are full of answers. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, The Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.